0: This recording was made on Goringai Country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is. Describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. race sitting underneath the ledge those Kelly knives to take off wide open pit spits and now oh. Kelly comes out uh, is there anything this guy cannot do let's have a look here gets knocked off grabs his board mid-flight pulls it back underneath him stands back up <laughs> inside the barrel you've got to be kidding you've got to be kidding me what the Mate, if you have okay, so if you haven't clicked the link in the description yet to watch that clip as as instructed, I mean they were pretty clear instructions, which I'm now going to have to remember to put in there because I can't write the description before you record roll. So anyway, so hopefully I remembered that, but if I haven't and I've just lazily put the link in there, click it and just watch what you just listened to because that's a real piece of commentary from 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 the world surfing professional. ASP, no, whatever, WSL baseball tour of surfing, where the world's best, like Kelly Slater, are doing their thing. And he falls off mid-wave, catches his board. He's lying down in the tube at this point, somehow gets lost in the spit and comes out standing up. (laughs) And then does that little Kelly, like, no claim, like, but of course, like, there's some claim because that is the most outrageous thing anyone's ever seen. I mean, we all know he's like brothers with Harry Potters and whatever, and he's got access to all the same magic to do his thing out there, but he's still like, he can't knock. So you can't knock claim basically. How do you be Kelly Slater, m- biggest magician of surfing of all time, and then not claim when you do, when you perform the magic in front of everybody, especially Joe Turpel and Martin Potter. Like, it, And there's got to be some commentary lapsing in between that where they swear a little bit and maybe they actually had to cut to an ad break because both of them were like, fuck. Oh, wait, wait, no, Martin, we're, we're not supposed to say the word fuck, but, but I just said it anyway, and if you're listening, oh, it's okay, he didn't really mean to say that, but, um, but no, what he meant to say was fudge, and, and fudge me, that was absolutely... How do you do a half Australian, half, half South African accent? But there's anyway, the point is, is there's something in between it. But but there's a really important lesson in, in listening and watching to this clip to begin with, because last episode, we, we uncovered something mammoth in that Kelly Slaters wrote the whole world, the most perfect anthem about climate change and about coming together and actually you know, feeling the feelings of, of what it means to care about the environment. And he wrote that for us. And then he's also doing this shit and falling off mid-tube at Pipeline, world's most deadly wave ever. And then somehow still coming out <laughs> after this, like with this spit and everything. Unbelievable. For the title race, sitting underneath the ledge though, is Kelly. Knives to take off, Wide open pit. Spitz, and now Kelly comes out. Is there anything this guy cannot do? Let's have a look here. Gets knocked off, grabs his board mid-flight, pulls it back underneath him, stands back up (laughs) inside the barrel. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And the of, yeah. Kelly Slater wrote that for us And then is also out there Still doing this unbelievable shit On top of the water In really dangerous situations Amazing, aren't we lucky? Thanks Kelly, again And um, and also thanks to you for hitting play Which is a really late into the piece um, Introduction, I guess G'day uh, uh, Yous And me From whatever future dimension imaginable um, What's going on? I have anyway. Like I'm sort of just baffling my way through um, the pleasantries and platitudes and whatnot. But I have a really important um, (laughs) announcement, which is I saw something completely unprecedented in the surf recently. Are you ready for it? It was two people macking on, like kissing so hard, like hard kissing guys in the surf, and and I just saw it really recently, and I just it was wow. It's so weird to be that shocked. In, in an environment which is sort of... The whole idea is it's it's a practice of familiarity. <laughs> and then to get shocked by... T- it's not like I have a problem with kissing, though, guys. It's not that. It's like... It's that... I've just, like... I've never seen it in the ocean before. <laughs> it was amazing. And because it was a pretty kind of busy and reasonably... Not heavy lineup, but it was, there were waves charging through and you couldn't really... wasn't much sort of it off to be doing. Um... Anyway, I, like, yeah, it's not that I don't like kissing and stuff, and but I'm sure those guys like do kissing on the land as well and that, but it was just, I don't know, I, that was just like, <laughs> it really zapped me. It was such a weird thing to see. And, um, leads me to, um, another point announcement to, um, the prick who rode an electric foil really close to all of us shortly thereafter that experience and then, you know, seemingly boiled my blood in an instant without me realising because suddenly my life felt like it was in danger where it shouldn't be and because of you. And um, so whoever you are, bloke, like, bugger off. Back to, I don't know, out the heads and back to Wellington or something. I mean, what happens with those things? Okay, so aside from how rude and dangerous and and just like, yeah, fucking rude that is to just zoom close to somebody let alone a bunch of people. I guess maybe it's arguably ruder to single some one person out and just serve really close to them. This guy served really close to a bunch of us. And the noise that those things make on top of, on top of the fear that you have about, hey, fellow, you know what you're doing even up there? Do you even know what you're doing up there? and this and so like your little cock back leg hands down I'm so cool because I'm Craig Anderson's stance on top of that thing doesn't match your gut mate and and also didn't match your manners because most surfers let alone professionals are incredibly polite courteous people you know and you're obviously so not one of them so you're not fooling anybody and answer me this as well guys what happens when that one of those things goes down say like I don't know, a few hundred meters offshore with a westerly blowing. I mean, that guy's fucked. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's kind of funny, but no, it's not funny. That's not funny because the main reason it's not funny is it is endanger- endangerment of <laughs> human life. Because it's not, it's not funny to imagine anyone in, in that sort of situation, even if they've al- almost killed you. But But mainly it's like such a problem for other people. You're basically, if you're writing that thing and you're listening, mate, or if you're listening and you know him because your mate is that guy who's got one and because no one else has one, you know it's him. They, they all know each other, those guys, for sure. And no women yet, and I reckon that's a good case for women being smarter than men, is that I've, I'm yet to see one of them foolish enough to pick up the controller for an electric foil and pretend that that is not the stupidest use of resources ever including your own time. But I just think to myself, like what else could the money from buying and maintaining an electric foil, let alone producing in the first place, what could that go towards instead? Particularly offset against the infinite fun that you can have by not doing that in the sea and just surfing a regular board. Uh, Or getting a ski. I got a ski recently. There's so many other ways to go ride waves and currents and explore the ocean without a motor. That is so functionless. That's the biggest problem, isn't it? I mean, it's not even like a jet ski where you can drag somebody or take stuff with you somewhere, wherever you happen to be going. Anyway, the guys, the moral is, what a journey every single surf is, where you can go out and just be so bewildered and so amused still about two people just ferociously kissing in the sea and, and oh man, and I whinge about the crowd so much because that's such a thing to do. If, I mean, you can't not, as a surfer who has experienced uncrowded surf, kind of have a whinge about it to your mates when it is crowded. Um, but I think that speaks to hopefully just how good that experience is, more more than it speaks to how selfish we all are. But either way, it's just, it's this... We've got to lift our legs up and float downstream with this thing because the crowds are not going away. And surfing is as much now about surfing the crowd. This is even an extrapolation of that other extremely important conclusion that Self Talk podcast <laughs> came to, which is the preference of onshore winds and, and crap conditions now because it'll mean there's definitely less people in there. And the influence that people can have on your experience surfing now overwhelming the oceanic conditions dictating your experience surfing It's so much more about the crowds than the waves now and what i mean what a metaphor that is for life eh? like that and that's all surfing ever is isn't that amazing is you just you just realize a new one every session and i suppose in this session with me on um self-talking podcast the one we're realizing is that You're out there surfing people as much as you're surfing the ocean. And it's about navigating your way through a tense experience of other people. We, Yeah, we just have to learn to live with it because you do. You go out there, you're sort of, whether you realize it or not, riding the crowd as much as riding the sea. And the crowd comes and goes in sets of people in all the same ways. And these metaphors are just always so spot on for what you need to do when you're not surfing as far as... As far as like you surf on land as well, because that's where most of the people are, even though it feels like most of them are at my local most of the time, most of the people are actually on the land and and so you sort of got to remember to go surfing on the land as well because if you can surf in the ocean in a busy place it means that you can surf people and so i think you just have to keep surfing the people on the land as well like i don't know like so you get caught inside is like getting like every fucking red light on the way to work and then and then it's like yeah but you know that that'll end and you'll be back out the back again soon enough picking off you know, amazing waves of, of fun and life experience and things, and it'll you know you know it'll you, it'll get there. Life oscillates in the very same way as the sea, and it's one of those things that I think. I wonder where else I would have learned that if I hadn't just been so addicted to surfing. I, I mean, it also wouldn't have led us to feel the feelings that we feel listening to feeling the feelings, right? Uh, like. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be there unless I was so deep down this rabbit hole of being obsessed with the ocean Uh, to a point where, I mean, I was in the desert for a lot of months last year. And then whenever we were back in reception, first thing I'm doing is checking the surf (laughs) and it has like absolutely nothing to do with where I am. There is no bearing, but it, wow, it just continues to have this effect whether you're even there or not. I don't know. I think I think the other reason we have to get up and just lift our legs up and float downstream with this whole crowd thing is that it is... I mean, I called it, guys. You did too. We, we called it here on Self-Talking Podcast with Lucky Roland because how many times have I asked the question of different people and of myself and of you... Well, there's this dynamic between knowing that i'm a better person because i go surfing so shouldn't that mean i want everyone to go surfing because then everyone would know how to go surfing on the land too and then the world would be a much better place and this is, this is what people like Bob McTavish and Rob O'Hara already know, is that that's just ego bullshit. That is just nonsense about feeling selfish and proprietary about this thing that can benefit everybody as a community. And yet I, I catch myself... Look at this! I've, got, I've talked about it on my podcast for the last billion episodes in a row, whinging about the crowd in some capacity. And but it's but really though, the reason is is that we're exploring this dynamic of we need to show some grace here because you and I know this as surfers, we know what it does to us and how good it makes our lives. So we have to be more tolerant of the people who are at the beginning of this journey and be excited for how good that's going to be for the planet Earth and everything. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean by now, even though we're like 45 minutes into this TED Talk by now. But I think you're following um, what I'm getting at. You know that And, and, and you know, the, th- the other thing about this is I'm yet to even look down and look at the things that I wanted to talk to you about, <laughs> uh, probably nothing of value down there anyway, either guys. So, so, oh no, there is, it's this really important clip that we need to listen to immediately. <laughs> um Sam Warner sound engineer extraordinaire has once again delivered the goods and found an essential video of of commentary um I think it was on TikTok originally of some bloke about his new work suit, the notoriously underspec'd 79 series Toyota and it, the audio is just exquisite guys and as you know we're here for uh, anthropology. And learning about each other and stuff, and, and basically listening to funny people say funny things. New work, you. Yeah. They paid 90 grand for this once the tray was put on. And look at that fucking aircon setup. Like, what the fuck? What is this, 1990 fucking three? Like, it's a fucking five speed. That's the best we get, dick you Get and I got a steering wheel that looks like it's out of a fucking Camry from 2001. Where's me buttons, you cunts? Oh, and a dash. It goes on, but but and the specimen we have here it, uh, has a very um, genuine grievance. Actually, and guys, I have to I have to use this language, okay? Because the UN is listening, and to actually onboard new science, it has to follow a certain format. So. Sorry, I'll start again. Um, The species in question, the specimen in question, uh, is actually demonstrating a legitimate grievance uh, commonly represented amongst the wider species upon purchase of the Toyota 79 Series Land Cruiser Ute, which is that the things, like, they're so expensive... And then they don't even have things like gas struts under the bonnet to hold it up for you. Or they get like one, there's like one speaker or something in the passenger footwell and that's it. And the reason is because they're meant to be work trucks, not passenger luxury, whatever's. But they're so expensive and and mainly that clip is important because we got an amazing new grab out of it when we, when we hear um, crazy shit in the news that we don't like. And some important, more headlines from this week. The President of America forgot the Australian Prime Minister's name. What the fuck? New South Wales government to airdrop 1080 poison baits in Sydney water catchment area. What the fuck? UN chief warns of catastrophic path if nations don't make bigger promises to cut emissions. What the fuck! Soft plastics still being encountered in recyclable container bins all throughout my neighbourhood. What the fuck! And actually, here's okay. Actually, I've got a couple of important headlines to that we need a little bit more detail for. Um, remember how we were talking about that kind of sneaky bad-smelling relationship between the government and our government-funded scientific institutions and the media and then you and me and just how sort of under control that whole line of communication is. And we were talking about it because we couldn't believe that our environment minister had fought so hard against further protections for the Great Barrier Reef. And we were sort of discussing the potential for integrity loss in that chain of communication. I mean, I found a story, which I'll put another link to for you to see, proving, proving exactly what we were talking about. How's this for a headline? government-directed science agency to release report early ahead of Great Barrier Reef decision, documents show. This is exactly what I suggested may be a possibility. And you and I remember you agreed with me. You're like, fuck yeah, that is kind of weird. It's kind of sus to have supposedly objective scientific institutions whose research dictates our law internationally, geopolitically, as well as domestically. And I'm talking in terms of our environmental strategies and our climate change mitigation approach, both of which are pretty much absent politically in this country and we i can't believe we just called it like a play-by-play how's this the federal government directed the australian institute of marine science an independent statutory authority to rush the release of a major scientific report and assist in leaking it to selected media outlets documents obtained under freedom of information laws show this is this is it like are you serious? Like it's amazing that the UN like that I've even got time to do this podcast considering how much they're probably trying to call me and therefore how much time I've been spending just making sure I'm available for for them to call me about this stuff because like I'm like we're here, aren't we? Self-talks podcast is here guys and we're getting to the bottom of of it all, okay? Mainly surfing. Don't get ahead of yourselves, but occasionally Important environmental shit, okay? And I, we just called it. And I just like, we had to go through the shit headlines that were just full of the fuck? moments. But but it, occasionally it's just so that we arrive here at this glorious position of existing in the future, basically. Uh, you know what it is? Hey, you know what it is? You, you know that self-talks podcast? You know that self-talk podcast with Lucky Roland? Occasionally, like just sometimes, it's... Very good. Sir, would you like $50 to top up your Opal card? There we go. <laughs> uh, Punch a few coons. Oh. Um, do you actually, while you're here, I need to ask, um, do you know anyone who wants to go to space? Because if they do, can you give that, can you maybe get them onto me? Because I've got some stuff that I don't want anymore, but I kind of am agonizing about having to throw in the ground. And maybe if they go to space, I can give it to them and they can leave it there. With that, do you mind if, because I'm sure like someone, someone out there, it no either is or knows a dork who wants to go to space when there's so... We have our own space, guys. It's called the ocean. Like, we barely know what's going on in there. Can't exist there. It's all pretty much the same parameters except it uses a lot less jet fuel uh, to explore that place instead of... Fuck the solar system, I guess. But, but the thing is, I just don't understand why we're not taking all our rubbish there right now. Because... With the technology to do that, I'm not saying it's a good thing to like pollute space, but also it's it's a much better thing than polluting the Earth. I think, don't you? Because if everything's inert up there and there's no life, there's no life to kill. Surely this is the answer, guy. This is why the UN will call next time, and why I'm sure they did call last time. And I've 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 been between SIM cards recently, and they probably caught me at an awkward window. Uh, uh, anyway, but they'll definitely call about this because this is an absolute no-brainer. All of the space stuff that's going on, let's, hey guys, hey, are you also the owner of an electric foil? Hey, probably, hit the brakes, hit the brakes on all of this stuff because right now we can use all of your amazing technology in one go insofar as suspending passenger flights to space, Right? not much of a sacrifice at this point in time for humanity and instead direct every possible space vehicle to be filled up with junk, such as electric foils. And we'll take them all up there and then we'll just, we'll land them on the moon. And then we could probably do it even without any like human collateral or, or any danger even, because we could just do, do it all from Texas or somewhere. But whatever the point is, we need to fill up all of these space vehicles with rubbish and just dump it on the moon. As if we don't need to do that immediately. When when I mean, it's all being funded by blokes who mainly blokes who pretend to care about stuff. And oh, I've got a I've got a foundation. Well, yeah, cool. Thanks for not doing nothing. But also, you got like a thousand billion dollars, mate. Don't you? Like, wouldn't you be okay with three? You'd be pretty tidy, mate, with $3 billion in, in your savings, I think. If you logged on and it was just like all them zeros, you'd be fine, okay? And so would your kids and so would all of their kids. But this isn't this the ironic thing about those mega wealthy people who are just hoarding it? Where And that's easy for me to say and for you to probably agree with because we're not those people. Who knows what what that does to your psyche, having that much money and just how quickly your common sense becomes warped. But but if like those people, you could have 3 billion, set yourself up for the next 20 generations. But at the moment, by not putting all of that wealth towards immediate climate solutions, you've only got eight generations at the most. And so what what's money going to be worth for the last one? <laughs> Probably nothing by then anyway. So... Do you know what I'm getting at? Guys, I think right in, not to me, to NASA, to Australia. um, What is it? Australia, not Australia Post, Australia Space. Australia Space. And um, I guess someone out there knows Russian and Chinese and a bit of everything. Like just hit everybody up you can and just be like, oh, yo, I've... um," So I used to be skiing and then I saw this really good pair of skis come up on Gumtree and I thought, oh you know, I'm really enjoying this sport. And then ever since then, I sort of thought, oh, I can't really justify lift access resort skiing given the amount of resources it takes to to do that completely luxurious pursuit um, at the expense of the snow that I'm trying. Anyway, I don't do much skiing anymore. Um... And I want to get rid of the things, but I don't want to throw them in the bin. So I was just hoping for an address I could send them to, so they could be loaded on the next space plane, please. Uh, yours sincerely, John Citizen, Lucky Roland. And yeah, if you do that as well, and I do that, we'll surely get a bit of momentum happening with this thing, and we'll make a bit of we'll make a bit of a dent in landfill. Won't that feel really good for all of us? Because we called the Susan Lee Environment uh, Minister corrupting the Great Barrier Reef's endangerment status by the World Heritage Committee. Uh, we called that like a fucking play-by-play. We called that like Joel Turpel Joe Turpel. We called that like Turpel and Potts calling. Well, no, actually, I think we probably did it a little bit better than that because they just didn't know what to say. And you and I nailed it. We, we called it like a game of Monopoly deal, guys. We saw it coming. And, and we were right. So and and then my end of it is like, I'll let you know when the UN does call and and I promise that this is a team effort here. I um, this is a total team effort. This is so reliant on you as much as it's reliant on me sitting in front of this microphone because it like I can't do it without without you. So yeah, so cheers. Um, I guess is that's it. Yeah. Uh, cheers, thank you. Um, I mean, I better go now because I'm. I'm gonna get. I better go because I'm gonna get this call. Um. Yeah, it's definitely time to go. I think I've. I think we're. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I need to go to do the urgent task of um, of surfing some people and the ocean at the same time in the sea. So. Just try and stay loose i guess that's all i'm that's all i'm trying to do you know and that's all you're doing presumably as well seeing as it's just you over there just living your life for the first time because you've never done it before that you know of so so just be fucking nice to yourself i think about it and that's the easiest way to stay loose and just like i haven't done it before either no one else has yeah yeah, no, now I can't think about I, th- I think I thought I th- there was one other thing I wanted to say. <laughs> no, but judging off the way I just said that sentence, there's definitely not. And now I can't stop thinking about anything except surfing anyway. So cool. Okay, so talk to you later. And that, my dear, is fucking delicious.